Hey, Luke, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Jonathan. How was your holidays? Good. First episode of uh, 21. My holidays were good. Got some good reading in, enjoyed the time with the kids, even had a little bit of snow. How about the snow in Australia? How's that? (laughs) We've had ridiculous hot weather, man. It's been terrible. I spent all day sweating at my desk. I've even got right here, look, a little battery-operated fan pointed right at my face. Not fun. Man. Well, good to be back. We tried last week, but it didn't quite work out. And uh, yeah, it's fitting. We'll just jump into this episode nine. I think we're up to now. And as we carry on with season three. That sounds good. So I'm so, convinced that Matt Mullenweg is the single best PR person I know. He is better at disaster recovery at at response to criticism than any ceo any marketing manager uh, any pr agency i've i've ever come across that that strikes me as both high praise and loaded praise <laughs> it's <laughs> it's definitely loaded because it's like this dynamic where you feel like you don't want to criticize anything because he's so good at responding and it's going to make you look bad. So, so this is great, right? We had another topic we were going to cover like amp is uh, in the back of our minds as a potential topic that I'm interested in sort of taking a fresh look at. But then um, I asked you the other day, what do we want to do? And this, we had a more recent thing to talk about, which is how would you frame the, the the whole dot com thing. Um, I, I don't know if I, I would frame it with the history, although that's important. But so, first of all, it's not a dot com thing. Okay, it, technically, it is, but it is not branded that way, right? And that's a really key important point. So, the context here is that just this week, WordPress dot com announced a service where they would build out a custom website for about five grand. Yep. Competing directly with freelancers and agencies uh, to have a hosted WordPress, uh, custom hosted WordPress site. And this was a big, big surprise because nobody really expected an announcement in this space. I think technically there was some sort of beta program or there was some sort of thing that people could have known about, but let's let's be real, people didn't. And suddenly WordPress.com announces, hey, we're not uh, just competing in the VIP space anymore. And there's an argument to be made that they never really should have been. Um, we're also competing in the small business website or the, the small websites, five grand. And of course, like people are worried that, well, what's the next step? Is there going to be another play in the maybe twenty to $30,000 website range, which is really the bread and butter of a lot of web agencies? Or is sure. there going to be a play in the $500 range, which is the... You know, a, a lot of people just getting started in WordPress really need that um, to help, you know, to build out websites with themes like Beaver Builder and Divi. Now, 
so I've got a lot of thoughts and, and a fair amount of context for this. And to bring it back to to your comment about Matt and his PR skills, and you're referring specifically, there was a video that Matt Medeiros put up on YouTube where he raised some of his concerns. And there's some like back and forth on Twitter, and Matt Mullenweg responded to that, and 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 he's been generally active on Twitter as well, responding to folks and uh, demonstrating his his PR skills. Uh, and there's there's a lot to unpack here. Any any particular thread? Well, I would pull on that? the thread that that Matt brought up. Actually, you know the thread I really want to pull on here. Do it. Is we as a community recognize we have this tension, right? And we we recognize that because Matt Mullenweg was the co-founder of WordPress, okay, we sort of let him. We it's not like we really let him, but where we sort of sit with this idea that we're okay with him using the WordPress brand to make money. Nobody else in the world is allowed to use that WordPress brand to make money, but Matt is. And in the past, we've had a few you know, restrictions around that. And there's been so much confusion and it's a constant source of frustration and tension in the community uh, but usually we get by because we can say, well, there's two things. There's WordPress.com and WordPress.org. And just recently, the thing that maybe like triggers me a little bit even more than what's happening here is that WordPress.com VIP, which is a enterprise service hosted on WordPress.com yep. by Automatic, suddenly renamed to WordPress VIP, which is less of a mouthful, granted. But it betrays that community trust of, well, you know, you're allowed to make money out of this, or there's got to be some sort of safeguards to make sure that people aren't confused and and really just to make sure that you're competing fairly with other people. Now, at this point, the competing fairly with other people is important, but it's not such a big deal because the only other people that you're really competing with are the big agencies, XWP, Human Made, um, 10Up. 10Up, yeah. Those players, RT Camp even. And, you know, they make they, they do enterprise deals and there's there's a whole sales process. So really it's it's not such a big deal to let automatic have what is a fairly hefty advantage in just being able to wield that WordPress name as though it's theirs, as though they own it. Right. But now we see this new thing come into play where automatic are saying, Hey, we're WordPress. And also we're not just competing at that high end anymore. We're actually competing at a price range that is really going to take business away. It really is going to take business away from countless freelancers and agencies all around okay. the world. That, so that's where I'll jump in. So I'm going to try to take off my automatic hat for a moment. All right. Uh, I'm going to try it. Uh, that's where I feel like people are overreacting to this. Like I've been a freelancer for many years. I've taught freelancing and, and I don't mind being just wrong about this, but I feel like that's where the overreaction comes in is are people reading this as the ambition of automatic and com to like really like take a slice of the space or is it much more simply just a 
like reaction to their current audience, right? Like how, how do you, if you're in .com's position and you have people who are using the .com service and they're expressing their frustration with like not being able to get the help that they need, as individuals, you can see that and say, well, why aren't you sending them to me? But the question becomes, well, how do you do that at scale and systematically? And Matt already called out, like, this isn't like in-house automaticians doing this stuff, right? Like this is .com raising their hand and saying, okay, we get it. You're saying that you need help with WordPress. We're going to try and like operationalize that for you and get you help. It's being outsourced. And Matt called out on Twitter, like it's it's not out of the possibility that this could end up being more of like a lead service for WordPress agencies and individuals. I don't see this as yes, taking. It is. it um, is completely out of possibility. That is never going to happen, Jonathan. I mean, based on what? It just, there is no incentive for automatic to start doing that. Okay. So now this, this comes to, I think the bigger thing is this question of like, okay, do you, is this coming from, do we think this is how automatic is making its money? Do we go to 15 minutes in this episode? Yeah, well, 15 minutes. <laughs> is this how automatic? So, and there's perceptions and then there's realities and there's what we can. And Do you think say. that they would have been doing this if they weren't making money out of this? This isn't a good faith gesture to WordPress.com users saying, hey, we see that there's a need here. We'll find some way of filling that need at cost or that, that would have problems in and of itself. Of course, it's a money-making venture. Right. But the question becomes one of motivation, right? And Matt's comment to, and this is perhaps where you and I are, think differently about this. And Matt's response to Matt Medeiros at the end, uh, he's like, we would not do something if it we thought it would hurt the freelancer ecosystem. That's just not true. And I mean, it, sure, you can call it a question of motivation, but you can't know Matt's motivations. And sorry, Matt, like I've had direct dealings with you in the past and I know that this public face that you put on, this public face that we see on Twitter and on YouTube comments is not the same face that happens in private. And maybe that's not super safe for me to say this on a podcast with an automatician. I don't want to get you in trouble, Jonathan. But the dealings that I've had <laughs> with Matt privately are very different than the dealings that I see from him publicly. I okay, sure. so let's trust. separate a few things. I do not trust any motivations that he says. What we need to be looking at is what the incentives are. All right. We have a few things to untangle here. You're getting into a little bit dangerous territory, right? Which is there's there's it's one thing to take someone at face value and hold them accountable for what they say publicly, right? So Matt's made public statements about not wanting to hurt the broader ecosystem, right? And, and then you're, you're implying that you're not implying directly that like for this specific point that he might be, that's not what he's meaning, but you're suggesting that there's been other cases where what he says publicly is different than what you've understood privately, but that starts to get into pretty like right, so, wishy-washy I mean, territory. Sure. Let's put aside the idea that I don't trust Matt personally. Let's just put that aside. Suppose you do. Okay. Let's just look at the history of this particular space, this freelancers and uh, small agencies, let's look at the history of that and how automaticians have been tasked in that area in the past. When the, the most obvious example, I go and talk to agencies uh, all the time and, and I have really good relationships with them. And every time I speak to an agency, 
What year is it? It's 2021. When was Gutenberg released? At the end of 2018, 2019? Mm, something like that, yeah. It's been out for quite a long time now and still agencies haven't adopted it. Do you know why? Because it doesn't fit with their workflows. It doesn't fit with the way that they build websites. It hasn't ever really worked for them and they're still struggling to figure out how to incorporate Gutenberg. So you want to look I at mean, the history of how Automatic has influenced WordPress in the past and what you get to is in this specific space, complete disregard for anything agency related. All right. Well, so you say that, and I'm sure there are some agencies who haven't, but also there are lots of agencies who have. I know plenty of folks who, uh, now that's not without concerns and, and friction in the process, but in general, that sentiment has changed. Right. Where, but I look, I think you're getting on a bigger point of Gutenberg was a fantastic thing. I'm glad it happened and it needed to happen. And I'm on board with pushing it out when it was pushed out, but it was done at the expense of agencies. Uh, Okay. So with my automatic hat still trying to be off here, when I think about the, the broader ecosystem and I see a play like this, I'm like this, if, this does not strike me as a strategic play to take to capitalize on more share in this like getting in in the service space like that doesn't make sense for me at a high like as if this is a big play on automatics part and to me it does make sense that there's opportunity for this to become a value proposition for the broader community like it do, why would automatic want to capitalize on that relative to where they can make a lot more money on the services on the uh, SaaS side of things like money. The big money is not in services for like this, like do it for you services for a company like automatic. It, it, what you're saying doesn't make sense because they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't think there was big money in it. And in okay, fact, but that's additional. That is where the- There can be big money in it once you have like a systemized approach. You've got people who have got this whole process down. You can really at scale uh, and especially at scale. It's not easy to do on a site-by-site basis doing 10 to 50 sites a year. But when you're doing literally thousands or tens of thousands of small sites in a year, you're operating at a, a scale where you can create efficiencies that really do bring some serious profit into the equation. So that's where I disagree. Uh, I see this as what Matt called it as, which is an experiment. Let's see how it works. Like it's not nearly as big as I think as people would imply from that. There are big questions about what are the long-term ramifications, but my starting point for it is that I believe that what Matt's saying, we're trying to make the ecosystem, it's a, we're not trying to threaten the current ecosystem. We'll see.